All right, Coach, um, I guess just starting off, you were going to be a bit in any way as assistant coach. Some things happened over the summer. You're now the head coach. Um, just what does it mean to be taking over this program for you? I mean, when I came back, um, when I came back to Benton, you know, um, I was been coaching football here for eight years and um, taught here and, and things. And so when I came back, I was excited because, um, you know, I've seen these girls play um, and I've seen these girls kind of come together and, and go towards a, a common goal. Um, and when I got here as an assistant, um, it was it was kind of um, a relief, I guess. Uh, I. Uh, I came back from North Andrew and was kind of down with the fact that I was leaving um, up there. I loved it up there and um, kind of made the decision with my wife to, to come back to St. Joe and stay um, here instead of driving back and forth. And uh, when I made that decision, kind of swayed back and forth of how I felt. Um, and then the first, first summer practice, I went, okay, this is, this is where I need to be. Um, this is where I want to be. Um, it feels like home again, and so we kind of just started um, and and continued on throughout the summer with with that belief of this is this is where I'm supposed to be, and and the excitement of of being back around the kids again, you know, after a five month break um, with with coronavirus and teaching them virtually and not getting to see kids every day, um, it was a lot of excitement to get back on the court. The circumstances surrounding you becoming the head coach, they're well known. It's, it's been talked about. What, what do you feel taking over right now? It, what is kind of that feeling of taking over the program? Because you did come back home down, down the bent and everything because you'd been there. You did coach football, like you said. It's a different feeling than maybe what you had five months ago or four months ago when you decided this decision, right? Yeah, I mean, um, you you decide on going from from head coaching um, to an assistant coach, and you kind of go, okay, um, it's going to relieve a little bit of stress, um, some of that anxiety of, am I ready to do this? Am I, you know, did I get the practice plan ready? Did I get this ready? And um, kind of take some weight off your shoulders, um, and then to have that thrown back on you again, um, you got to kind of reset your mind. Um, the good thing is, is I haven't been that far removed from being being a head coach, and so um, I definitely can revert back to things that that we've done um, over the past couple years. Um, the big thing for me right now, taking over, is um, it's we're going to do what we do. These girls are going to do what they do, and they're ready to go. Um, but it's going to be a different style uh, of coaching. Um, I, I'm every coach is different, so I'm going to be different than the next coach and the next coach and the next coach. And so they're going to have to get used to different voices and things like that. And so that's kind of where the anxiety comes from, um, not being able to coach all summer um, the way that, that will be coached the rest of this year. It kind of puts a um, kind of a roadblock there for a second. Um, it, it's starting to get to where we're starting to be okay once the communication again happens, when school starts here, um, you know, next week and, and we can have those type of communications, it'll all fall in line. I'm not worried about it um, being okay, but that anxiety getting and stress kind of coming right back at you real fast was, uh, was a big change. What did you learn fr from your time being a head coach to, to kind of maybe prepares you for this unexpected, I guess, change for you right now? 
I mean, you know, I went from, I went from being a football coach only to, to taking over a middle school program for one year um, to then taking over a high school program um, as the head coach. And the things that, that I've learned is um, over the nine years is that every single one of these kids is different. Um, their, their goals are different. How they measure success is different. Um, you might have a, a kid that wants to, is 100% sure he, won't, he or she wants to go play college um, sports. And you might have a kid that is 100% sure they don't want to go play college sports. But they know that in order to be successful, they need something that's going to drive them. Um, and they're driven by athletics more um, than, than other things. And so athletics leads to good academics. And so that's one of the pushes for why we want to keep playing sports um, is so that we can get kids to stay engaged. Um, the thing that I've been, that, that's really helped me out is the fact that when I look at them, I looked at them individually. Um, you can be coached harder than the next person. This person might need a little bit more love than the next person. Um, and so it kind of, you kind of got to look at each individual, um, as an individual. Um, and like I say, we don't, we don't, um, praise things that we don't want to happen in our program. But and we don't let things slide, but we know what our kids are capable of and how those kids need to be communicated with. And and so that's the biggest part of being a coach is realizing that early. How did you come about, I guess, I mean, you've been coaching for a while now, just whether it's football or basketball, but how, how do you, you come to that mentality or that type of coaching that you know that it's not one size fit all? I think we all know that for everybody, but as a coach, isn't that a little bit more of a learning or a growing for a coach to figure out what works, what doesn't, how to sustain a program by knowing the individuals, athletes, and the kids in it? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely a learning curve. Um, you start coaching and you believe that I can go out there and I can, you know, yell and holler and, um, and be excited and things like that and, and, you know, get after somebody. And then eventually you start to see where a kid um, – you get an eye roll, right? That's your first notice of, hey, that kid didn't really hear what I said. The, I've been fortunate enough to be around great coaches um, in the aspect of the way that they coach kids and, you know, learning from Matt Tabor, learning from Brett Goodwin, you know, learning from Brad Hubbard and all these coaches I've been around and, and Kevin Keaton and, and Ben Glidewell and all these guys. Um, and then I get to North Andrew and, I, you know, I'm around Tim and, and things and, taking each and every one of those coaches and going, look, what they had was great relationships. Um, the kids played hard because their coach played hard for them and was there for them. Um, that first eye roll will definitely um, get you to go, man, I'm not doing something right. He didn't hear me. And it was, it was definitely, you know, Matt Tabor and Julio Burton at the time that, that brought me to the side and went, look, yeah, you can get after this kid a little bit harder than you can get after another kid. But if you really want him to hear you, you know, you got to get deep into his soul and what, what he believes in, you know? And so I started going around and asking kids like, how do you measure your success? What's a goal for you, an individual goal for you, a team goal for you. And, you know, we talk all the time in, in programs that, that I run um, measuring success is usually things that, that you can control. Right. So I can set a set a measure of success as I'm going to graduate high school. I control that. If I work hard enough, I can graduate. A goal might be I want to be a state champion. 
but there's a lot of roadblocks in the way that I don't have control over. So I can't say I had an unsuccessful season because I'm not a state champion. Uh, and so I, I didn't meet my goal, but it's not unsuccessful. Um, I can only be successful in the things that I can control. And so we tell our kids that, and when they start to really believe that and believe that um, how we measure success is not wins and losses. I measure success off of 10 years from now and I see you at Walmart. How are you as a, as a mom? How are you as a sister, as a daughter, or, or a brother, a father, you know, a husband, those type of things. And when I see my kids out, I feel successful because the kids that I have passed on to, to be a, you know, a model citizen are doing that exactly. Um, we have kids that I've coached in the past nine years that have children of their own now. They're great dads. And so I look at that and go, okay, maybe I didn't have a part in that, but I know that I didn't hurt that. Um, and so that's kind of what we kind of strive to do around, around here is make people the best that we can and get after their, their success. I'm going to go a little different direction. We're, we're talking off the court, but taking over a program that Coach Goodwin, state championships and, and Coach Bolton, they won district titles. Going into a program with that history of success, is that a challenge you enjoy from an on-the-court that dimension of coaching of the challenge. I mean, there's, there's probably expectations. I mean, there are expectations in every program, but Benton girls basketball has kind of been known as that power for so long. You, do you enjoy that challenge that's maybe being presented to you a little bit? No, oh, I, I definitely enjoy being challenged. Um, you know, um, we went through the same thing when, when I took over North Andrew, um, meeting people in Rosendale and Fillmore and them and saying, look, you're taking over a program although maybe the past couple years hasn't been great success in, in the wins and losses, they have a tradition of winning. Um, the tradition here at Benton definitely is, is different. Um, there is an expectation that, that you hold them to a higher standard. Um, I do enjoy that challenge and our girls enjoy that challenge. When we talk to them about the years past and how hard those teams worked and how they um, went towards one common goal and they, they unified themselves as a true family, when we tell our kids that we can actually prove it, you know, we can prove that that is successful. That's how you won, you know, that's how Brett Goodwin won state champions. He brought teams together, unified them for one common goal. And so, when you put that in front of your girls and say, if we go with this together, we can do this. It's, it's a lot easier to take on that challenge. Um, it's hard to take on that challenge by yourself. And, you know, I've surrounded myself with, with a great staff that we're fighting for the same common cause. Um, our girls have the same mentality of we know what is expected of us. Um, we know what we need to do to get there. The good thing for me in the challenge, although there is the expectation, is the setup has been pretty well handled as well. Um, this hasn't been a program that has won a state championship and then 10 years later none, won another one, and that's all you hear. This has been a program that this year is a district title. This year is a state champion. This year they've made it to the final four. This year is a state champion. And so when you look back at the past 10, 15 years, this has been a program that's been built right. And it's a program that when I step in, if I continue to do the right things, um, the challenge becomes a little bit less. I'll get you out of here on this one. And it's hard to imagine it's only been like six months since these girls played back in March, but it feels like it's been longer. But 
not just the fact that you're coming in from the assistant take over the head coaching, but not having summer leagues per se, like they're accustomed to ha- having and everything like that. Ha- what is the challenge facing a start getting a program going this year? I mean, obviously with the virus, we don't know what day to day is, but just from maybe the summer stuff that wasn't quite the same as what they had before. What, what's the biggest challenge from that aspect? Yes, I mean, uh, basically, our girls haven't played anybody. Um, they've played themselves. Obviously, we scrimmage in, in, in summer practices and things like that. But eventually, you get used to playing the girl that you're guarding. Um, rarely do we, we change who you guard based because, you know, we're not going to have a, a point guard guarding the post very often. And so to get better, we kind of have to keep a routine. Um, that's the biggest problem is that we haven't seen live fire. Um, you know, we talk about, we can go to even the football side, you know, we play tomorrow, um, with no jamboree, we don't even know what we need to fix yet alone. And so it's going to be the first series when we go, Oh boy. Okay. We, we got to cut this or we got to add this or, Hey, that was a great play. Let's keep doing that. And so without the jamboree that, that makes it a little bit harder. Um, and without playing summer ball and realizing who's been an addition, you know, at some of these schools we're going to play throughout the season, these incoming freshmen, we don't know them as well. There might be an incoming freshman that, that sits at a school that is going to come out of the woodwork and nobody's going to know she's even there. That kind of is what's made it more difficult. Um, You know, we, you know, we um, during practice would set up um, bad situations so that we're down. Um, and, and we have to fight back and things to make it as live as we can. But not having live fire is, is definitely going to be the biggest challenge, I think, in the beginning of the season. And, and we'll, take our, we'll take our hits probably in the beginning of the season. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll struggle with the speed of the game, maybe the first game. But these girls know how to play basketball. They've played basketball their whole life. And, and so they know how to get back in that routine. I'm not worried about it throughout the whole season, but definitely at the beginning of the season, we definitely have to, uh, you know, make sure that we're ready to go. And, and then you start to talk about conditioning as well. Um, not playing summer ball is way different than, you know, we can put you on a line and run you back and forth a million times. You're still not going to be as conditioned as if you played a, a game. And so that's kind of, you know, when we think about practice planning and things, those are things that we have to definitely think about. 